The unknown always seems unbelievable, Lucas. It still doesn't prove the possibility of a Gilman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Kill the Cast. This is a new year and a new Jay. Oh. My name is Jerry, and I am joined with the uh, swine flu-ridden Jay. There are many strange legends in the Amazon. Even I, Lucas, have heard the legend of a manfish. You know, it's weird because of the past two episodes, we haven't started with Jay doing a quote because we did the Christmas episode and then the me and Kenneth bullshitting for an hour and a half. Like, so like hearing that, just like I had nostalgia. (laughs) That's kind of nice. And of course, as always, the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, such enthusiasm. So I have enthusiasm. <laughs> we can tell. Uh, so, Jay, what have you been up to? Uh, not much. I had the flu, which is why we had to postpone this episode. Well, I still have the flu. I just am not dying anymore. Uh, working. Uh, earlier today, I watched Death Race 2050, which is a direct sequel to the original Death Race and has nothing to do with the Jason Statham ones. And it's fantastic. Oh, isn't it also isn't it uh, produced by Roger Corman also? It is indeed. I love me a Corman movie. Uh, Kenneth, how you been? Uh, I've been doing fairly well. Uh, working all the time. Uh, binge watching Roseanne. <laughs> Fair and, enough. Uh, listening to uh, the Marriage with Children podcast. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up for me. I, uh, If any of y'all have listened to us before, you have probably heard me or Kenneth talk about the Skeleton Crew podcast. Well... Alex, the host of Skeleton Crew Podcast, myself, and JP of 22 Shots of Mood and Horror, uh, we all three got together to start a Married with Children podcast where we will go through every single episode of the series and it releases weekly. The first two episodes are out. You can find them, um, type in Married with Children podcast on most places and you'll find it. If not, you can always look over at Horophilia because they are the one hosting it. So that I've been doing a lot of that. I've been watching a lot of Married with Children and uh, work, work. That's that's about it. So that's all we got. Um, that's the end of the I'll, show. I'll, I also watched uh, <laughs> Alice Through the Looking Glass. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it sucked. I uh I've started <laughs> I've started Luke Cage. I'm only like four episodes in, but I'm really enjoying it. That show's fantastic. Yeah, I really yeah, probably get, when we get done doing the podcast, I'm probably gonna watch Don't Breathe. I'm oh, I'm gonna watch God. I'm gonna watch Scream because I still haven't watched Don't Breathe, but I really want to watch Scream, so I'm gonna do that because I can't. Anyway, so Jay, you said we did a podcast and on a and it was us talking about uh, movies that everyone loves that we, we don't like, we, we hate, we don't get into. You, uh, in that episode, surprised all of us with you <laughs> saying you have never watched any of the Universal Classic Monster series, um, which That's is very true. from the 1930s to the 1950s. Um, your classics like Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Invisible Man. You did not watch any of those. Um, and it shocked Kenneth and I. And uh, one of the things we wanted to do in 2017 is hit a couple of those movies to see how Jay feels about it. And uh, the first movie 
Kenneth and I decided that Jay should watch is Creature from the Black Lagoon for two reasons. One, it's Kenneth and I's favorite universal horror movie. Right, Kenneth? Yep, it is my favorite. It is my favorite also. And second, to me, it is probably the easiest one to have someone come in and watch from a new standpoint. I feel like they're going to, especially if it's uh, someone who primarily watches 80s and up horror movies, it's going to be probably the easiest one to get into. So we are going to go through our review of Creature from the Black Lagoon, and I just want everyone to pay attention to Jay, because this episode is all about him. Aw, I feel so special. Yeah. So, Creature from the Black Lagoon came out March 5th, 1954. The budget is actually unknown. I cannot find anything on the budget. Um, its box office was $1,300,000. It has an IMDb rating of 7 out of 10 and a Rotten Tomato score of 84%. It was directed by Jack Arnold, who was born on October 14th, like myself, which I did not know that until uh, researching for this episode, which I thought hey, was Hey, don't cool. forget. Okay, that's, that, that is fucking eerie. It is eerie. That I, okay. I, I didn't know. <laughs> Why is it eerie? Oh, my favorite fucking universal horror movie, director's birthday, is my best friend's birthday and my daughter's birthday. Yeah, and it's my birthday and my godchild's birthday. Do you say godchild or goddaughter? Either Whatever. way. Either way, right. I'm the godfather. Yeah. Yeah, he's my uh, daughter's godfather. So, you know, it. it, it wow. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the movie with a history lesson because that's how this movie starts with. <laughs> giving us a, a history the lesson. The Big Bang. Yeah, I always thought it was funny. For some reason, I don't ever remember the history lesson. Every time I watch this movie, I completely forget about it. Maybe because it's boring, has literally zero to do with the movie. It literally does one thing, which is establish the uh, footprints in the sand walk, and that's it. That That's it. It seems like it was. it was just put on to you know what this movie needs to be six minutes longer let's add this yeah um but we i don't think so really how, how do you feel about this well i mean I, I mean the i thought the cinematography of it was good but getting past that for it just being part of the movie i mean it it it, it was basically a a foundation for the evolutionary chain or lack thereof of this thing you know, and, and to put it in there for the beginning, I thought it fit perfectly. I guess you're right. It does fit. I guess it just... I mean, I, may, I, I agree with y'all on the fact that it could... That, you know, if you took it out of the movie, the movie would still go on, and it's not like it's a big building block on it. But putting it in there, I mean, I don't... I, I personally don't feel like y'all are giving the credit the credit to do for this the, for the beginning of the movie. I just don't feel like that, like... The beginning science lesson is a Lando Calrissian moment. I don't feel like <laughs> it like it just I get I completely get your point that it is that it does set up something and it does do something and it does it it does but it should, I'm just like let's get to the movie. Like I and, feel like it's unnecessary though. 
Maybe oh, it was I stepped more... on you. I apologize. No, as I was gonna say, you you're actually probably right though, because but maybe it was more necessary when it came out in 1954. Well, people should know about evolution. In 1954. Yes. <laughs> well, don't worry, because uh, this movie's gonna remind you of evolution. So, we we get to the Amazon. Right off the bat, well, not right off the back. After your history lesson and the class is dismissed, we get to the Amazon, where we get to meet someone. Uh, this someone is named Carl, and his last name starts with an M, and every time I tried to pronounce it, I said it wrong. So his name is Carl. Okay. Thank Works for me. Yeah. So Carl, with uh, two other helpers, is rushed over to see a find that is coming at the wall, and it is a nice fossilized uh, creature hand sticking out the wall. And um, to, I would love to have like a replica of this like fossilized hand to just sit on my desk. I think it'd be pretty cool too. So, I mean, but I guarantee you <laughs> that thing. If somebody does have it. The you know the actual prop. I guarantee you, if somebody does have it, they're not telling anybody, or more than likely, that thing is gone. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, on the Blu-ray I have, it has a decent amount of special features. Um, and they actually talk about um, they actually bring people who have parts of like the creature from the Black Lagoon suits and stuff in, and they show off what they have, and no one brings up that hand. So I'm assuming it's it's probably lost to time. Uh, I actually own it. Because little for, did you know, I directed this movie, tricked you. This was my plan all along. Jack? Well, can I get... Jay? Oh, man, how did I not see that? Yeah, well, can I get a little bit of that fucking uh, fountain of youth that you're sucking from there, sweetheart? I drink the blood of my enemies. Sweet. That's the problem with society nowadays. Not, not enough people do that. For, uh, like, what kind of enemies are we talking about here? Like, just like people that piss you off or do you just like randomly go around and you know what i don't like your face you're an enemy i'm gonna kill you mostly people piss me off well right that's what i was gonna say you work in retail it's customers (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) what do you mean i can't return this without a receipt let me uh help you to your car (laughs) ma'am oh my fucking oh I can actually. I can't. Oh, holy shit! Like I'm. And that's the plot for my new slasher film. Jay, your delivery on that was so was just so spot on. Let me let me help you to your car, ma'am. Oh my god, that is a vampire movie. I want to see a vampire who is trying his best. To be a part of society, he has a job, he's trying to be nice, but he works retail, and he just, <laughs> he just gets pissed off because someone comes in and just asks, like, the stupidest question, sir, sir, do you know, on this TV, if you plug in a flash drive and play a file, will it auto-loop the video, or do I have to keep replaying it? Does it say it on the box or not? Oh. Sir, sir, can you tell me? And Jay's just like, ma'am. Let me show you something in the back. I don't I don't show most people this, but come 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 look at this. Do you have this I in the li- back room? Yes. I am literally wiping my face. <laughs> that was 
That was the greatest. That was spectacular. That was the greatest moment I've ever had in my life. I literally just took my headphones out of my ears oh. and pulled my he- pulled them away from my head, trying to get trying to get it to where it wouldn't be so loud. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Okay, oh. I needed that. So <laughs> they dig out the fossilized hand, um, and he says he's gonna he's he's got to go somewhere. You two stay in camp, hang out here. No one. You always have to have someone in camp, and then we get the first. Uh, sign of the actual creature as we get the the hand rising up shot that you will see so many times accompanied with the music you will hear so many times throughout this so many times so many times we'll get into that but um and that's your first like appearance to it and i gotta say even though it happens a lot my favorite part of the costume is the hand i don't know why but i just love the creature from the black lagoon's hands i i just I love it. So every time that happens, I'm like, I am okay with this baby. You bring that hand to Papa. <laughs> that came off I think it would have thought. I think it'd be better without the extreme music. I mean, I mean, it's great for the fifties, but you know, nowadays, I mean, that, that whole, uh, real intense that came with the hand every single time it started to get irritating. Yeah. Well, Carl ends up going to an institute and meets up with Kay, who is played by the lovely Julia Adams. Julia Adams. Mm. Um, she, oh, she is drop dead gorgeous. Oh, not. Yeah, she's all right. What do you mean, all right? That face is, is, she. They just don't, just don't make women like that no more, man. They, oh, man. Later on in the movie when she's wearing that bandana shirt. Mm, let Dude. me. I she's would. amazing. Oh, Jay, Jay, you don't find her that attractive? No, she's all right. She's just really plain to you, she or something? No, I like big chicks. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, I normally like I everyone normally in the fifties like is skinny. Nobody was fat back then. Like, I normally like thick chicks myself, man. But it's her face for me, not the rest. She has, of a, very, it. She has a very face. pretty face. Hmm. All right, so. Uh, Carl meets up with Kay and David, and they talk about the Devoian age. Which so this movie is rifled with scientific scientific inaccuracies. Um, they keep talking about uh, the Devonian age or the Devonian era. The problem is, is the age and era mean two different things in this world of science. Um, and what they a Devonian age actually was like a period, not a age or an era. It's a Devonian period. But, so anyway, there's tons of scientific inaccuracies in this movie. It's the 1950s. Shut up and just deal with it. That's the way I feel about it. So, uh, David and Carl talk. Um, David gets shown the picture of the hand. And bam, off they are to the Science Institute so that they can take a look at this hand. And uh, once again, oh man, Kay is... I just want to look at K all day. Every, right. every kiss starts with K, but she won't answer my phone calls. Well, considering this was in the 50s, it probably doesn't look like that anymore. Eh, you know. I, hey, we found a new necromantic sequel. <laughs> uh, okay. Nice. So, uh, they all, they're all there. We get introduced to Dr. Thompson, which... 
they're all scientists, yet Dr. Thompson is the only one that is constantly referred to as a doctor. I don't know if anyone noticed that or not. But I did it. It was I, weird. I don't yes. really pay any attention. But going going back a little bit, uh, what was the guy that that came in with the pictures of the hand? What was his name again? Carl. Carl. Okay. Did you notice how much Carl looked like Colonel Sanders when he got there on the boat? <laughs> I didn't. I did not. I, uh, I and I love chicken. You should go back and look at it. Not and not really in the uh, not really in the uh, facial hair area, but in the suit that he was wearing, he really looked like Colonel Sanders. Oh, I have to. Yeah, I have to look in that. Um, we also meet Mister Money Man himself, Mark Williams. Ugh, I hate Mark. That's the first note I have. Mark is a douche. He, well, Mark's fine here, but once we get on the boat, flat out dick. Yeah, well, you got to have one in every movie like this. Yeah, and because Jay does not know enough about science, David goes on to another PBS lesson to explain to other scientists the importance of marine research, evolution, and how this will help us when we start colonizing Mars. Woo! Which I just, I I think it's funny because almost every time David opens his mouth, it, it's, it's a PBS science lesson. <laughs> just yeah. but every single David time. David is polite and respectful. <laughs> Fucking Mark. <laughs> Motherfucking Mark. So, can, I, can, I, can I jump ahead a little bit here to throw in another opinion about Mark? Uh, sure. Go right ahead. Jay, this is your show, man. You go right ahead. I want to know if Mark was the one who invented the overconfident douche gets everyone killed cliche. Oh, that's a good point. I actually, I actually have a note, uh, later on about something like that. Um, because that's a horror staple. No, no, no. We can fight it. Oh, we're all dead. (laughs) You are. There are actually, I I have notes in here about a lot of cliches. We're going to get into a lot of cliches and then discussion. That's exactly. That's exactly why I made the point just now. I was just like, every movie has one. Yeah, like, the, and it's kind of funny because this movie is early enough that by the fifties, when we go back and watch, we go, "Oh my god, look at all these cliches!" But the fifties was the birth of the cliches because movies. Right. That's be why around, I'm asking if he was the first one. Uh, I I don't know if he was the first one because it's 1954, 19, in the 1950s. You have a big boom in sci-fi movies so you have a lot more of like scientists he, he's probably the first scientist that was a big jerk like that usually it's like the military guys um, yeah yeah well this guy will be john voight in about 50 years yeah <laughs> so they uh so mark goes on to say well there's a practical effect to not a practical what the fuck does that mean anyway he cares about those dollar dollar bills son he, he wants to go on this expedition because it's going to make money. And fair enough, you need money to run an institute. We get that. But this is like the first hint of you get where Mark's like, but guys, it'll make money and everything seems cool. And then we go to the boat. And the first thing, the literally first thing out, oh, out of his damn mouth is him being a dick to Carl. But. Yeah. Because he's a douche. Yeah, but before we get to the boat, we get our first and actually almost half of the body count of this movie. As we get our music, we get our creature hand, and bam, 
the two guys silhouette that Carl too. Left, we get a silhouette oh we do we do we get a silhouette and it's sexy i love silhouettes i just like saying silhouette mostly no is no that else? your smoothest word i don't know man do you want me to Jay, will you write me another letter but include silhouette a lot in it so I can <laughs> so I can say That's it's kind of, sexy? Yeah, the silhouette like of a, our friendship flickers <laughs> like the silhouettes. It's kind of like that girl in uh, Donnie Darko, the most beautiful. I think it was Donnie Darko, the most beautiful words in the in the English language, cellar door. Ooh, yeah, cellar door is fun to say. I like silhouette also. And silhouette and cellar door, they almost like cellar door is a little bit harder, but silhouettes like Almost the same, like, flow. Mm-hmm. We talk about weird shit on this podcast sometimes. One of my favorite words to say is moist. <laughs> that upsets everyone. I know. <laughs> Not me, though. But anyway, the creature shows up, and he straight up murks these two guys. Just To me, this was the scariest scene or sequence in the film. Um... I agree. It was. It was the most creepy to me. I, it was the one that really had the more of what we look at for horror today. In it. We will get to my creepiest, but this is definitely up there, but there's one that I find just a bit more creepy to me. Um, and it's one of those where I play, where I do the Kenneth thing and I put myself in that position and it makes it way creepier. Um, but... We also find out that the creature from the Black Lagoon is also a pig squealer in uh, death metal bands. Is that the right <laughs> genre? Do pig squealers, is that death metal? Uh, I've never heard the term pig squealer, so I can't tell you, but it was a solid joke nonetheless. Kenneth, you you know pig squealers. Um, what genre of metal is that? Uh, fuck, I don't know. I don't keep up anymore, man. You got all these fucking douchebags out there trying to fucking separate metal, man. Metal's fucking metal. Who gives a fuck? I think pig squealing's garbage metal. I can't stand pig squealing. That's like... I mean, you got black metal, and you got death metal, and you got hardcore, and you got this, and you got that. Who gives a fuck, well, man? Har- it's heavy. Har- fucking listen to it and goddamn fucking want to go kill people. There we go. Har- hardcore is... Uh, death metal is correct. Is Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah! Get that, son. Okay, uh... Okay, so... Um, the, the boat guys, by the way, uh, the, the, the back scenery that we get in this movie is amazing when you can clearly tell they're not like actually in front of a live background and it's a painting. Yeah, but that's the 50s. I can forgive stuff like that 100%. They're on the live back lot at Universal Studio. (laughs) Yeah, but I actually really like it. Like. It, it it gives like an almost like weird 3D effect um, to some of the scenes and it just looks kind of pretty to me. So I actually really like that. But let's talk about Jay's favorite character, Mark, and how he's a dick again. Um, well, the movie was put out in 3D. That is true. So, I haven't watched it So in 3D. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've never watched it in 3D. Um, I'm thinking about it. I don't have a 3D TV or a 3D Blu-ray player. Oh, I got a PS3 and PS4. They can do 3D. But I don't have a 3D TV. Anyway, so yeah, back on the boat. They're, they're heading down the Amazon. Mark is being a dick and basically saying if if Carl's right about his find, all of a sudden now he's he's not optimistic. He, he was optimistic. As soon as they're on this boat, 
He just becomes a straight dick. But the man, the legend himself, Lucas, the captain of the ship, shuts him down. I love that guy. Yeah. Ah, oh, Lucas is the best. There's so many times where Lucas just comes in and just like shuts people down. He calls he calls Mark on his shit, which is good because Mark needs his shit called on because it's like it was like every time Mark opens his mouth, it's it's just him being an asshole. Every time David opens his mouth, it's him doing some PBS shit. Every time Julia opens her not Julia Kay opens her mouth, I just want to shove something in. But every time Lucas opens his mouth, it's just like, this dude is probably the father of the most interesting man in the world. From the beer commercials? (laughs) Uh, Like... To me, he seems like the realest character. You know what I mean? I mean, because, you know, a a lot of times when you watch movies from from this era in movies, uh, none of the characters really seem, like, extremely realistic. You know what I'm saying? But this guy... It seems like they just fucking, you know, while they were filming this, just pulled, plucked him off the street and was like, here, you're going to be the captain of this boat. Be yourself. Yeah, it, it, it almost does seem like that. And it's and it and it feels lived in when uh, Mark is doing his PBS thing and talking about centipedes a foot long. And Lucas shows up and he's like, we've got catfish that are nine feet long. They're killers. They'll eat a man. And uh, right. I'm just like, you know what? I believe him. I uh, right. I believe everything this guy said. He's seen some shit. And he's yeah, talking he about rat, he was talking about Amazonian rats being the size of sheep. Yeah, yeah, David was. David said that and, and Yeah, Luke. you know I actually googled that. Did you? What'd you find? I found two different things. One of them is this creature that and now I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it looks like almost like a giant guinea pig. And it and it literally is like the size of a sheep. Well damn. And then there was another one that looked like a legit rat, and it was probably the size of Mary Jane. Okay, Mary so Jane. the size, size of a fat cat. Yeah, my cat. Oh. So if you can imagine a rat the size of my cat, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's 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 exactly what this thing looked like. You know, it looked like you know one of them New York sewer rats. Interesting. You mean Jason takes Manhattan? Yeah. Anyway, so they arrive at camp and uh camp's fucked. Uh this is this is not Camp Crystal Lake, but damn if it's not close. They've got two bodies, people are dead, and uh we for the th- a rigid hand. Yeah. For a the rigid hand. Yeah, for the <laughs> third time we get the creature from the Black Lagoon music and the hand shots and uh so, this music, you know, we're at the third time. It's about time we handled this. The music is not, like, I understand wanting to give a theme to the creature, give him a motif, but does it have to be so damn jarring? Every time you hear it, it's like a punch to the face. It Isn't is, that the whole point? I, I, I mean, I guess, but it's the one complaint I have about this movie. It is the only thing I do not like in this movie is how jarring. And later on in the movie, to in the middle of the movie, they actually do tone it down some, and it makes sense. But like the first three times are all just gut punches to your ears. I, I mean, I imagine that it probably worked really well in a theater back in the fifties, you know, because you had the you had the intense scene and then the intense sound that was probably loud as hell at the same time. So it, it gave more of the jump effect. 
But, you know, I, so I imagine it worked back then. But looking at it now, and it's one of those things that music for me is a little bit harder to differentiate than anything else in a movie from now. Okay. And so, yeah, and so now, you know, we have... When, when we watch horror movies and we watch and we watch movies, the, the sound effects have such an impact on the story itself, not the shock value for the viewer, but the story itself. You know, you've got the quieter tones in movies like Alien and things like that, you know, where it's real quiet and real, you know, eerie and so on. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got the loud, the loud music when the alien comes out. But in this, it seemed like that they were just using that same uh, th- that same recording over and over and over again, and uh, and I agree with you, man. It just got irritating. Yeah, Jay. Well, it was to save money. Yeah, Jay. Uh, this was your your first time watching it. Uh, for your first time watching, how many times did this music play before you were just like, please fucking stop? Um, I don't know if I ever got to the please fucking stop point, but it definitely was. Like, okay, after a while. Okay, so, but but after a couple of times, you were like, I get it, he's here, we're all here, we're paying attention, I'm, I'm watching you. Yes. It almost is like the movie is, like, insecure and, like, wants to make sure, hey, you're paying attention. This movie would be great nowadays, because, like, you'd be on your phone not paying attention, and the music would pop in, and you'd be like, oh, shit, all right, sorry, I'm off Facebook, it's my bad. <laughs> And I mean, I think I think a lot of that's got to do with just, you know, uh, the time period, because that time period you had, you know, movie theaters fighting with television. Yeah, that's true. People had to. Yeah. You know, so there had to be that goes back to what I meant just a minute ago about, you know, it, it works for, you know, in the theater then, because that gives it more of that shock and more of an experience for the viewer to come back. Because, you know, at this point. You know what I'm saying? You can just sit at home and watch TV. It's just you didn't have quite as many options like we have now. Yeah. Another thing about the music overall in this movie, y'all, did y'all know that there were three different composers who worked on this movie? Mm-hmm. Then how come we only have one, like, four-note theme for the monster? Because right. apparently, like, one person did, like, the end and beginning title screen music. One person did, like... uh the the theme for the monster and then like one person did uh like some of the music throughout the movie but like it it was three people kind of juggling all of this so that's why the music i I think that might have been why you hear that monster theme so much just because you you don't have a single person like doing the score and putting it where it should be all the time even though there is some fantastic music in this movie. But yeah, three I people, just, so we get the we get the creature music constantly. Yeah, I think that's probably my biggest complaint. Yeah. So they uh they start doing a montage of them looking for stuff and guess what? They don't find anything and guess what? Mark is pissed. This dude is just like uh, David's like all right, have you had enough? And Mark's like, I'll tell you when I've had enough. We failed, and that's all they understand is our failure. He's very, he's very upset by this whole thing. Um, but I guess it, 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 I can understand it because the money portion of this is probably going to come down on his head. But he's still a jerk. 
yes, he's I just don't nothing about his character makes me like him. Yeah. Um so David then has an idea that they should look deeper in the river because the set of the rocks could have fallen into the water and created the sediments of the the river and and Mark goes all of a sudden Mark's like, you know what, science has been taking chances for years. We should do this. <laughs> now Mark's all happy. Uh he's he's uh, I don't know, and then we have another cliche, and I, this one has been around way longer than this movie. But uh, they asked Lucas what's you know down the river, and he goes, "Oh, well, people say that there's a black lagoon, a paradise. Of course, no one's come back to, uh, no one's ever lived long enough to come back to talk about it." Which is a cliche you get in a lot of adventure stories of this far off place that's so great, but no one's lived to come. Back from it, and it's like, well, who brought the story back? Someone had That's to at some point. A good point. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty pretty quick one. Uh, quick one. Uh, Jay, you're married, right? Most of the time. Most okay. <laughs> so uh, it's mentioned that uh, Kay and David are together, but they're not married, and it's dropped here that they've been together for six months, and she's she's already pushing for a marriage. Uh, how long were you with your wife before you got married? A year. A year. Okay. I'm pretty sure a year. No, it was a year before we engaged, and then it was another six or so months after that that we got married. Okay, but you still had a year before you engaged. I, I'm pretty sure. I just got yeah. engaged, and I took uh, seven and a half years to do it. And at first, I was thinking about this, and I was just like, and it made me think, cause I always say people move too fast nowadays. People are always like jumping into a relationship and, and just jumping into living, every living together, getting married so quickly. Oh, we started living together like two days after we met. Really? <laughs> it's a, it was a weird situation. Um, but maybe not the, the best discussion to go off topic no, with yeah, on a horror podcast. Yeah, for sure. But that's crazy. But it made me go, well, shit, maybe it's not just like us younger people who move too fast nowadays maybe it's always been like that maybe relationships have always been just moving at that speed and i just didn't notice it because it's not something you talk about when you look back at the 50s i've never been married well i know that's why i didn't ask you <laughs> kenneth's married to the game ninja guys left yeah. out yeah something like that yeah so i'm married uh, to the irritations of the game yeah that's true uh, so I just thought it was funny, but uh, let's get back to what's important. Mark and his spear gun, because Mark has a fucking spear gun. Uh, him and that one. fucking spear gun. I don't give a fuck. I want one. He may be a douchebag, but that spear gun was awesome. I know. I wonder if Jason like watched this and was like, one day I'm gonna fucking shoot someone with a spear gun. Yeah, but probably not. If he'd had that style of spear gun in Friday the Thirteenth, it would have been a lot cooler. He only because... needed it for one kill. I don't care. It still would have been a lot cooler yeah. because that one, the one in this movie, was air driven. Yeah, so they're gonna uh, they're gonna go down deeper into the lagoon, and they're asking Lucas, oh, "Are you gonna be able to make it down here?" And Lucas is like, "It's impossible, but I, Lucas, can do it. I can do anything." And I'm just like, "God damn it, Lucas, you're the man. I wish you were me." Yeah, good old Lucas. Yeah, he's a shit man for real. Like Lucas is just awesome. Uh, so. 
they get right into it. Uh, they rush right into jumping overboard. No one cares that there might be nine feet, nine foot long killer catfish. Not a now. Would either of y'all jump in this water? Fuck no. <laughs> okay, I think we know where Kenneth stands. Jay, how you feel about this water? Um, it's really dirty, and there's probably like parasites that swim up your urethra in it. That's exactly why I wouldn't jump in. Hmm. Well, people in the fifties were braver than you guys, and they don't give a shit about that. They go Just in because in the fifties they don't have, they didn't know about the shit that's in the Amazon, man. They know about nine foot long killer catfish, and they still win. Yeah, in. but they don't know about the little bitty ones that swim up in your dick hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fuck the nine foot catfish. I can see that coming and try to get away. Yeah, you ain't gonna see the little bitty one. <laughs> so. Uh, Lucas, uh, starts showing his ignorance here and starts asking why they want rocks. And Carl says some of the manliest scientific shit ever. And he's just like, I eat rocks. They give me information. And all I can think of is like him sitting there eating a bowl of rocks. Anyone else? No. You ever seen that movie, that movie, that show, My Strange Addiction? No, but he, Carl could be on there. People do that shit all the time. They eat bricks, rocks, wall, yeah. tires. But Carl, that sounds weird. Yeah, but Carl, watch the fucking show. I shit you not. No, I've seen the show. I'm just saying. Why? Well, like, I don't know. But uh, go ahead. Carl seems really annoyed being asked all these scientific questions by Lucas, which I'm just like, you're a scientist. You should be telling him more. But fuck that. Let's get into the water. They're down there picking up rocks. And uh, we see the creature pop up out of a hole and he looks like he's about to chase him. But then he turns back around and we get like a really good shot, uh, a really good quick shot of him swimming in the water. And it's awesome. I love the first like pop up of him underwater. So the underwater cinematography for this movie was absolutely badass. Even today, I don't think I've seen anything better and it's just more impressive that they didn't have the technology we have now that they shot what they the scenes they shot under the water. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And I, I honestly think part of it's um, that it's in black and white, because when I go back and I watch a black and white movie that is shot well, that's not just a low budget movie, but is actually shot well. Cinematography is actually being paid attention to. It is some of the just most gorgeous looking movies I've ever seen. And Creature from the Black Lagoon, to me, is the best looking of the Universal Monster movies, without a doubt. I agree. And, and, and we can't, you know, even with the cinematography, when you see it, and you see this thing swimming in there, man, the we have to give credit to the guys that made the suit. Oh, because yeah. For, for, for not just because of how cool it looks, but for how well it moves in the water. Because when they're doing these shots, you can tell that this guy is easily moving in this suit in, uh, you know, while he's swimming because the guy couldn't swim that well if he, if he couldn't, didn't have real good mobility in that suit. And, and i got to give credit. The suit looks fucking amazing, and it works perfectly well with the cinematography going in with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, and uh, there were actually two suits um, that were slightly different. There's a underwater suit and a on-land suit. Um, in fact, Greedrefer is played by two different people, depending on if it's underwater or on land. And uh, I just want to ask, which suit do you like better, the on-land suit or the underwater suit? Uh, underwater suit, because it actually 
looks like it belongs there. Yeah, cause I agree. The uh, the two things that kind of bother me about the above water suit is one, the eyes. I understand they really didn't have much they could do with the eyes, but the eyes look kind of fake. Um, and the other part is seeing his tongue really creeps me out. Well, the one, the one thing that I really liked about the, even though I like the overall look of the underwater suit, the one thing that I really liked about the above water is the gills, that one that one shot you see where the gills are coming up and down. I really, really like that. And then the fact of the mouth, you know, the actor opening the mouth up and down in sequence with the gills to make him look like a fish out of water, I thought that was awesome. That is true. That is a, a really, really nice shot. But, I, but uh, just the creature, when you see the creature underwater and his eyes are blacked out, that is just, oh, that is so eerie to me. I love it. That's because it looks like a shark. Uh, yeah. I think, that's a sub, I think it's a subconscious thing with you is the fact that the black eyes kind of look like a shark. Yeah. And you love Jaws. Yeah, so the the music in this scene is actually really good. It builds up a lot, and uh, it's building up reminds me of Jaws. It, it almost has a dun 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 kind of like feel to it, like Jaws does. Like while I was watching this movie this last time and taking some some extra notes, I was just like, I found a bunch of stuff that is very very eerily similar to Jaws. Yeah, that's actually kind of what I was getting at when, uh, you know, that was kind of what I was going to lead into with the black eyes thing and you, you know, being such a fan of Jaws is because you can literally, you can see when you're watching this how much I guarantee you that Steven Spielberg took from this movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up the uh, things I saw that is related to Jaws as we get to those scenes, but uh, they go back up with the rocks. Um for some reason, uh, uh, fucking David's just like, here, honey, here's some seaweed, which I thought was uh, odd. It's sweet and romantic. Fuck, no one's ever given you seaweed, bro? I, I watch Reese eat seaweed. Fucking gross. Yeah, that's gross. It's I, for decoration, not for eating. Hey, that's what she does. Um, And, of course, Mark is being an asshole again. A fucking again. But... Now we get to one of my all-time favorite scenes of any movie ever. Kay goes swimming. And, and that, oh, God. That bathing suit was specifically made for this movie. And on the front thighs where it kind of like like peaks up, that was made for this movie for her to be able to reveal more legs because most suits did not show that. At the time, that's all well and fine, but this scene is like ten minutes too long. No, this scene is one of the. No, listen, listen. This is in my notes too. The creature gets like two inches from her, gives up, goes back to his like little pervert log, while she swims and does stupid flips for another three hundred minutes, then goes back and does the same damn thing. And it just ruined. There's zero tension if he's already right next to her and gives up and comes back. I, and there's no reason for him to give up. All he had to do was reach up and take her. No, she wasn't I, not swinging anything. There's not supposed to be tension. 
I, this, well, this is supposed to be this is a dance. This yeah, exactly. is the, him seeing her from across the room and, and immediately like seeing beauty and and wanting to dance with it. So he goes near and follows the fish her. man want to fuck the human lady because that happens because... in all fucking horror movies. King Kong. It doesn't matter. The, the monster Swap wants to bang. Thing. Yeah, the monster wants to bang the chick. The Toxic Avenger. Uh, Swamp Thing was at least a human previously. Well, so was Toxie, but... Well, I just threw Toxie in there because I thought it was funny. But still, my point remains that this scene is for the sexual imagery to, to really set in. This is him seeing something that he wants. And he, you talk about how he goes and like tries to get her, and he's almost like scared that if he touches her, it'll go away. And, yeah, and this, this whole scene right here, this whole thing is basically when he is falling in love. Yeah, it is silly to me. He's seen the males that are rough and rugged, and he knows he can beat them on land. He's already attacked them, but this, this, this one's different. It's sleek and smooth and graceful. This he's, is he's, he's finding things about a mate, and I'd buy that if he didn't capture her later in the movie well no no because then that that's him knowing that like you have at this point he knows that the creature knows he can beat them on land he had his only interaction in water has just been watching him he hasn't had any actual interaction which is why when he actually does touch her he swims back to hide he shows intelligence throughout this whole movie as he tests the the water so to speak of what ah. he can do and what he can get away with. And it makes you realize this when you go, why did the creature run away? That's stupid. You, you, The creature could have just dragged her down and taken her there. But he's intelligent. He's actually trying to, to push the boundaries of what he can and can't do. He's testing everything. We've already seen him kill two men with no issues. He's trying to find, like, he's trying to find out more information before he commits to what he wants to do. He's he's developing the plan. He's not just instincts. And you, and then when I said there wasn't supposed to be tension there, you know, you made the comment about, you know, it's supposed to be the buildup about a horror movie. Well, you take uh, Frankenstein into the same consideration. I know you probably haven't watched it yet, but I have haven't. Watched it. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, oh, okay. wait, 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 I'm wait. I'm not talking about, wait, wait, wait. I'm not talking about just this one. Have you watched any Frankenstein movie? Yeah. Okay. You see same thing, same imagery with, a uh, with a monster having some form of compassion at some point in time. This one just happens to be the creature has fallen in love with the girl. Yeah, and those are horror movies too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't. Does that change your opinion of that scene at all, or do you I still guess think a little bit? I still feel like it ran way too long, though. Um. It, okay. It it was a little excessive, uh, but the shots are beautiful. And it oh, absolutely. Was, like I said, uh, cinematography for underwater, everything is fantastic. Yeah, I would cut like five seconds out of it for sure. Five seconds. <laughs> uh, but Lucas is like broad. I wouldn't change need... anything. I thought it was beautiful. I, I really wouldn't. That's why I said five seconds as a joke. I, I love that scene. I think it's I, – I love watching it. It's a majestic scene to me. Um, but Lucas is like, lady, did I not tell you about nine-foot-long catfish that eat men? Get back on this boat. Yeah, it was really stupid for her to get into the water, too. 
Yeah, but she's like, oh, the guys did it. I can do it. They came up just fine. Um, but he gets caught in... Uh, the creature gets caught in the nets um, and starts shaking the boat, which this also reminds me of Jaws, having that force hit your big boat from underneath and, and get caught and shake it, whether you're looking at it as... It more reminds me of the scene where the two guys throw the roast beef, roast beef out you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's out there. You haven't really seen it yet. You just... You never see it, but it, it leaves an impact and then disappears. And then, to lead into another Jaws scene, they find a, 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 a piece of his claw and they all of a sudden realize there's something out here. And it's almost like uh, finding the shark... When Matt Hooper finds the shark tooth in Ben Gardner's boat. It's... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's like the exact same thing, um, and except and, for they don't see a head in the water. Yeah, that's true. But now Mark wa- wants to catch whatever did it, even if it means kill it. And David does the other cliche of it's more a valuable alive thing, where one's like we need to study it so we can learn from it, and the other one's like if we take this thing, no matter what, alive or dead, we're getting money. And that's and this is where you really have the start of the battle between Mark and David. It was boiling up before, but now you have it established. And I think that's really important. Anybody else? Anybody else uh, think that uh, they're uh, having an argument? They're having a lover's spat? Uh, well, lover's quarrel. <laughs> I don't know. I I figured they were that way from the get-go, especially with the comments Mark makes to Kay. I hope you're worried about me, too. Yeah, that was funny. Well, I meant, like, obviously they they don't see eye-to-eye, but this is where we have, like, this argument lasts for the rest of the movie. Like That's true. And it's very specific of Mark being motivated by money, and David being motivated by from a more logical science stance of yeah science magic school bus uh, Bill Nye up in this bitch. Yeah, um, but they're both wanting to fucking one way or the other. They're wanting to take this thing out of its habitat, which is never good. Well, I don't know because David says we need to study it in the water in its habitat. Maybe you know I don't know. They might want to put it in a tank. Yeah, but know. he's not against taking it out of its habitat. He just. You know, he doesn't want to kill it, though. Um, So, Mark grabs his spear gun. David gets a huge underwater camera, and they go back into the water to try to take some pictures to find something. And uh, that bubble transition scene where they're swimming, and then, like, the bubbles come up, and it swipes over to another scene, that scene always stood out to me as, as just really well done. Right. I just I just like that that scene. Um, so we have the creature shows up. They see it. They try to take pictures, which I don't know how Mark thought he was ever not Mark, but I don't know how David ever thought he was going to get pictures here because it's so chaotic. There's bubbles. There's dirt. There's all this seaweed, all the swirling. I don't know how he thought later on. Like, I got a clear picture of this. Where? How? When? Doesn't make any sense. I think it's probably one of the only thing that I don't care about the underwater scenes is how much they kick up the lagoon floor. And so, it, it, I mean, in the interest of realism, I think it's cool. But otherwise, you know, for 
for being able to see what's going on. I mean, you know, you, there's a lot of times when you're watching this stuff and all the dirt is coming up from the from the bottom, and you really can't see what's going on in any way. Yeah, and even like, um, and I guess I, they thought they were going to use that to their advantage sometimes because um, Mark, the asshole, shoots the creature with a uh, a spear. And when you see the spear go in, the creature is facing towards him. It hits him in his his front side, um, and he's clearly holding it. And then the next one, where he's swimming away, the spear is in his back. Um, so they did mess. That is a, a huge mess up on their part. But maybe they thought in the chaos, no one would really see it because at the time, you only got to see a movie once or twice if you went back and saw it in theaters. Other than that, you didn't get to see it for you know another you know, 20 years once we hit the seventies and started getting more stuff on television and VHSs. That's true. I don't know. I wasn't alive back then. Yeah. So I don't know. I was just <laughs> saying that, that that was a mess up they had. Um, but well, they, hell, even in, even in the late eighties, early nineties, you still had to wait. If you went and saw a movie in a the theater, you still had to wait damn near two years for the VHS to be out for rent. Yeah. Now it's out like, not even six months sometimes yeah, sometimes it's sometimes it's like two months three months hell now damn you can watch movies on demand while they're still in while they're still in certain theaters yeah it's, it's true it's crazy how quick we get them nowadays but um they go back to the boat and lucas tells the legend of the gill man um and uh the one doctor we never talk about dr thompson talks about how uh, a myth like that just becomes accepted as fact with these native people. Um, that is, that it's just a myth, but damn natives. Yeah. But once again, Mr. PBS is talking about, well, you know, a lot of things are unknown in science until we discover them. Uh, but they've got an unexpected guess. The creature is on the boat and he is pissed, man. He is, Oh man, is he mad? He is just bashing shit. I don't like. I love it though. I love when when he's on the ship. Every scene where the creature is on the scene is a wonderful enjoyment to me. Uh, I can imagine, but you know, I, I I can see where it was pissed. It just took an arrow to the side back. Yeah, and what's funny is this is another scene where on land, he or on land or even on boat, he clearly will like just kill someone without much hesitation because we get our third death right here as he kills someone and then jumps back in the water and obviously now he's been attacked so he's more provoked but once again as soon as he's out of water he kills like literally every kill in this movie except for one happens on outside of the water so it's kind of weird that's the one thing that is kind of weird to me is the creature seems to be either more comfortable on out of the water or he's just entirely more aggressive. Uh, well, I'd be more aggressive too if I just took an arrow to the chest. And then you also got to take into consideration, you know, outside of the water, he may not be able to breathe as well, so he's trying to get his shit accomplished quickly. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. it's uh, the one thing I love about this movie is because in a lot of monster movies, um they don't really handle the creature like that the creature has any intelligence. And in this movie, they handle this like the creature knows what it's doing. It has intelligence. It's not just some dumb thing. They constantly are like 
testing each other. The creature tests them. The scientist tests the creature constantly. Like it, this movie becomes a chess game. It goes from a, a cat and mouse chase to an actual chess game as they constantly test each other back and forth. Jay, while watching this, did you ever get the sense that the creature has like uh, any at- intelligence to him? Well, yeah, at least a little bit. I mean, he's able to figure out that the people in the boat are the ones that are fucking with him. I mean, he wasn't stupid. He, you know, he got on the boat, he took that one guy out, and then he was, like, off the boat, and they're like, where'd he go? He's like, ha, 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 I'm the creature. Yeah. (laughs) He just jumps into the shadows, ha, ha, ha. I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was stupid. Um, I didn't really, you know, I don't know how far his intelligence goes, but I didn't think he was stupid. Fair enough. Um, so they build a weak ass cage because I'm sorry that cage looked weak as shit. And I know they don't know the full strength of the creature, but they did see it like destroy that net and shake the boat. And they built which this also weak-ass to cage. me was another, which to me also was another thing that kind of reminded me of Jaws. Oh yeah, when he was sh- when he was shaking the boat. I remember you said something about it moving it, but also the scene where they're going up to the top of the winch thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was where they're trying to bring the net back up. That reminded me of Jaws, too. Yeah. And so the scientists decide to go after him again, and Lucas tells him about a drug um, that would later go on to inspire uh, Cosby. Um, this drug is <laughs> uh, made from the roots of a plant that the natives know of, and they use it to catch the, the fish. It, it'll basically knock them out cold. Um so they sprinkle some in, nothing happens. So then they make it into like patties and throw throw those in the water. And I have to say, the scene, watching those white discs just come down, the clouds of, of almost like smoke come out is beautiful. I love watching that. Did, did any one of y'all get pleasure out of that? <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it pleasure, but... Uh... <laughs> I think this whole sequence right here has got a lot of stuff involved in it. I mean, and I'm not just talking about the beauty of the little white discs floating down in there, but I think I think all of it—the fish, the 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 poison itself, the the what is rohypnol or whatever it is—the <laughs> pretty much her throwing her throwing the cigarette in there, the whole nine. Oh my god, every, that right, cigarette that, throw! Oh, go ahead, we'll get to that. I mean, she, uh, I mean, you know, she obviously had that, you know, that, that, that female, you know, just strong swagger about her anyway, when she did that. I mean, that was just, that was like one of those typical sex movie, sex scene type deals. You know what I'm saying? Sexy type things for that time period. But on top of that, I mean, all of that together, her strength mixed in with just the the lack of give a shit about her throwing her cigarette butt in there, the creature being up underneath and watching her as she's doing it, the fish that are floating, these guys having no care whatsoever, you know, about throwing poison in, in this lagoon, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, all of this, this whole sequence right here had a lot of underlining shit in it. Well, it's to make them sleep, though. It doesn't kill them. Either just way. Fish. Yeah, either way. But I'm just saying, I mean, it's just like, to me, I think it's got. I, I think it's got a. I guess a commentary about the lack of care for environments that humans have. I think the whole thing has got it. Is has got that on there. Whether it be making the fish go to sleep or whatever, I think that whole scene has got a lot of that in there. 
I 100% agree. I feel like um, this shows that these are intelligent people, people who should have that they're scientists. They have uh, the highest regard for nature and for learning. And yet, even these people with the highest regard are still, they, they still leave a footprint of the human ego and the dominance we have over everything. And to me, that is what screamed at you in this shot is, is the fact that these people who are, are elite still think they own everything and, and don't have the common regard for what their footprint is going to leave, whether it's them. Because even if it's just them putting the drugs in there to make the fish sleep, if, if there were sharks in there, sharks would die because sharks have to keep moving to survive. They're not where fish have air bladders in that and that keeps them afloat. They can stay still. Sharks don't. They would sink to the bottom and water would stop flowing and they would die. Um, and they mentioned they don't know what's in this lagoon. They don't, they don't go in there. They don't know what's in there. And yet they don't care. And when she throws her cigarette in there, even though it gives us of such a pretty scene of it panning down to the creature and the creature looking up like what are you throwing in my fucking home like what are you doing like uh kenneth hit hit the nail right on the head with his statement and i 100 percent agree with it yeah i mean it's just you know it, it not only for dominance but also the 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 lack of regard that we have for our own survival in a situation like that. And when it really comes down to it, had you not been there, had you not been tried to capture this thing that has lived there unbothered for however long, had uh, there would be no issue and you wouldn't be fighting for your own survival. That's true. But to be fair, since everyone goes in and nobody ever comes out, we don't know that it's been unbothered. You know what? He has a point. I I, I got to give that to him. Either way, I, I, just think, <laughs> I just think the moment that the fucked up shit started happening, common sense should break in, and that's when you should be like, all right, it's time for us to get the fuck out of here. And all three yeah, of us have, have no movie. I was just going to say, all three of us have seen enough horror movies to know when to get the fuck out of somewhere. Yeah, but <laughs> speaking of, Jay just brought up a cliche. We get another cliche with Mark saying, <laughs> I wouldn't believed it. I wouldn't believe it. If I didn't see it with my own eyes, we get this a lot in movies, especially in sci-fi movies. Um, and David responds with some PBS shit. But on this one, I got to I got to agree with Mark. I'm not believing anyone who comes back with this story unless there's hard proof. I, even a picture in the 50s, I would accept. I might not accept a picture now, but I would accept it in the 50s. Well, hell no. We got fucking videos of dragons now. Yeah. Like <laughs> and mermaids and all kinds of shit. Yeah, they've got to have proof. Um, and we go to a, a, the camera panning across the entire boat, and we see the entire crew. And this shot is, is exactly what I'm talking about when I say a black and white movie can look gorgeous. This shot blows me away every single time with just how gorgeous just beautiful it looks do i I, do i have a hard on for this movie a little too much sounds like (laughs) you masturbate to it at least once i would it's a good one to masturbate to yeah because 
while I pop up, the creature pops up, and we find out the creature's kind of <laughs> kind of scared of the light. Um, and uh, it jumps back in the water. It's feeling a little groggy, and it stands up, and they put a spotlight on it. And and this is uh, David. Pay attention, David. This is where you take a picture. You have light. It's not moving. You can clearly take a picture, but you can't because your camera weighs, you know, 60 pounds. Uh, the creature jumps back into the water and they, they, they go back into it. Cause this is when men were men. They wore short <laughs> shorts and had, had chest hair and their barrel chest. Like the scene of those two standing right in the water, right before Mark jumps in to try to find the creature and tells David to wait here. Like, there's something about when you see men from the 40s and 50s where you're just like, man, those are fucking men. Like, I'm a little girl compared to these guys. <laughs> I, I'm a man. Fucking Captain Kirk. Yeah, like, there's just a sense, like, oh, I just, I don't know. It's just, like, these dudes are fucking men. Um. Anyway. We're men. We're men in tights. 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 Um, so, but of course David doesn't listen and they go down there. And, uh, in this scene where they're in the cave, one of the things in this movie I really like, uh, is the ambient noise, the sounds of the jungle, the sounds underwater, the sounds in this cave. This movie has really good ambient noise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's um, ironic that I'm actually I, I played the movie again while we're doing the podcast, and I'm actually at that part. Hey, there we go. Um, so th- then uh, th- they're all in a cave. The creature leaves the cave. He's 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 stumbling out. He's shuffling out. He ends up killing one more guy, bringing our body count up to four now, and uh, tries to grab K, but ends up falling down. And passing out. And, uh, th- like, it was kind of funny because when it happened, I was just like, dude cannot hold his liquor. He, right. like, he really reminded me of a drunk guy trying to, like, pick up a chick and be impressive to her and then just falling over. I'm still trying to figure out what she tripped on coming out from behind that tree. She tripped over her feelings for me. <laughs> I guess. Because, li- I, like, I, like I said, I just watched that scene again. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what the fuck did she trip on coming out from behind that tree? There ain't nothing there. Yeah, so... Whatever. Yeah, they capture him. They take him back. They put him in that weak-ass cage. Mark opens his mouth again to say, now no one else will die. Oh, really, Mark? You fuck. Um, And then Mark asks the doctor to stay behind, which I find funny because there's, like, four doctors on this boat. Like, they're scientists. Like, are you kidding me? Maybe uh, in the 50s, you didn't have to have a PhD to be a scientist. Maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, we know he's talking about Dr. Thompson because Dr. Thompson has done nothing in this movie so far except smoke a pipe. So he sits there and he smokes a pipe while they go down to collect uh, rocks and, and, and investigate and shit like that. And the creature is in his bamboo cage. And I love the picture. I love this, like, looking down at the creature in the water, just him not moving in that cage, I just, I think that looks awesome. 
Um, even though I don't like seeing the creature's eyes, I still think that lo- was an awesome-looking shot. I don't know why you didn't like his eyes. His eyes look like fish eyes. I don't know. I guess it's just compared to the like not being able to see his eyes, it's so much creepier to me. Hey. I'm not saying I hate it, but it's whatever. But anyway, we get a, a nice little jump scare as Kay comes ah. out and... Uh, and uh, accidentally wakes up Dr. Thompson, which is good because he needs to be awake. And they, they talk about love and stuff like that. And no one cares. But the creature escapes. And in one sound, one sound, he doesn't make a single sound while he's testing the cage to see what shows his intelligence to see if he can get out. And then in one sound, he breaks the cage and is like fully standing upright. He literally jumped all the way up through the cage, breaking it and on his feet. Yeah. Like, I think there was enough time for him to break out of it and crawl out with them reacting that they could have done that shot instead. And it would, it would have been way better than him just magically standing up. Well, he's that strong. He's like, your cage is shit. Fair enough. He fucked that cage. Um, and him and Thompson get in a fight and Thompson breaks the lantern over the creature's head, which burns the creature and burns Dr. Thompson. That scene with the creature on fire. You could, you could tell when you were looking at it, that that it it, it was a trick shot because the creature wasn't actually on fire. Oh yeah. They, they superimposed the fire on his head. Right. But it looked awesome. It did. I thought it. I thought it looked great for the time period. I thought thought it looked amazing. Yeah, it should have been cleaned up a little bit better and aligned the fire a bit more. Because the fire almost looks like it's uh, leaning off to one side. Right, that's what I thought was cool about it. That's what I liked about his charm. I thought it looked awesome. Yeah, I I mean... No, no, you're you're right. Um, So, they come back up, they bandage up... Uh, Thompson and they're like I don't know if he's going to die the argument between Mark and David grows and boils over right here Mark is thinking money David is thinking safety and Lucas is a damn beast and when David says let's go and Mark's like we're not going anywhere I run this Lucas is just like look at me I'm the captain look at me and it just pulls a knife pulls a fucking Rambo knife on Mark and is just like Mark you're a bitch and I know Jay was sitting there just like fucking do it fucking stab him in the mouth yeah I was like yeah that's my man Lucas yeah yeah that was one of the most amazing scenes I think is him just pulling that knife up it was great it was awesome so we then so they try to leave and they find out they're blocked in someone put a bunch of trees in the way and uh they're I wonder blo- who that could have been. I don't know. Maybe some intelligent life form. Um, and uh, while they're I trying, I think it was Mark. They, yeah, Mark would do that. He's a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the uh, the side boat is also destroyed, which shows that not only that the creature really does have in like this is reinforcing the intelligence here. He breaks the damn boat for so they can't get away they're stuck on this boat unless they want to come into his domain and come in the water um i think they're gonna need a bigger boat they pop, ah! 
Yes. Uh, have y'all also noticed that? Uh, so Mark and in uh, David get into a fight. Have you noticed that in these older movies, these older black and white movies, the guys get real macho and they each throw like one or two punch, but they never have a fist fight. Like it's just literally whoever punches the hardest with that first punch wins. There's no fist fight. There's no getting up and tackling nothing. It's one, two punch and then done. Like one. Yeah. John Wayne style. Yeah. Like there's a certain dominance that comes with these macho men as they, as one punch happens. Fights actually happen. Uh, I mean, like you just lay them out. I, Problem solved. Most of the fights I've been is me on the ground covering my head is like seven people kicked the shit out of me in, in a bathroom at a high school. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know, man. I joined the Latin Kings. <laughs> did you I say you joined? Hold up. Hold up. Jay, did you just say you joined the Latin Kings? Yeah, I said it reminds me of when I joined the Latin Kings. <laughs> Good memories. High school was a crazy time, man. I can tell. Uh, Kenneth, you were saying? Uh, I was just, I was just gonna, say, I'm kind of baffled at that. Um, I was just kind of uh, thinking about that video I watched on Facebook the other day with this kid messes with his chick's head wrap, and she just turns around and I mean just steadily swinging. I was like, wow. I'm so pissed I mean, off. I tried to watch that video and I could not get it to load for the life of me, and I wanted to see her deck this this dude so bad. Dude, she probably hit that motherfucker four or five times. Oh. I mean, because it was just steady. Just, I mean, she was just throwing him. I mean, just one right after the other. Just boop, 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 boop. I mean, it was great. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. So, David wins this fight, and he goes back in the water. But the creature's creeping up on him, and Mark shows up and fires a, a spear to scare him away as the creature heads towards David. And when I first saw it, I actually thought that Mark was shooting at David. And I was like, Mark, you fucking dick. Right. Did anybody else, or was that just me? Was his Mark established himself as no, enough of a dick at this point that either one of y'all had that feeling, or because they showed the creature, you automatically was like he was shooting at the creature? It just made me hate him more. I mean, you know, even though it was slightly a joke, it could be. It, it, it to me, it kind of added in at this point when I'm watching it that you know maybe Mark did put the logs and stuff there, even though we find out later that he didn't. But maybe he did, and he seems like the type of person that would be loony enough to do that, to put the logs there, to shoot at him the whole nine, just because of how much he wants his thing. And everybody else is just like, hey, you know, we're going to leave, we're going to leave. And he's like, well, I'll show you motherfuckers, y'all ain't going nowhere. Yeah, We're I, going to leave with this with this creature. Yeah, and I feel like at this point in the movie, Jay has to just be sitting there like, as every time Mark breathes, he's just like, that motherfucker breathes wrong, I hate him. Oh, God, Straight did you see him up. blink? That motherfucker. Yeah, fuck his blinking, man. Blinking-ass motherfucker. So, uh... I mean, it kind of reminds me of that scene in Aliens where uh, that dude locks uh, locks Ripley and that little girl in that room just so the facehugger will get him. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, so, Mark uh, does end up hitting uh, the creature with another spear, and it hits him in the, in the stomach, and they actually... Keep it in the stomach this time. It's a correct shot. Um, but then we get to probably Jay's favorite scene in this whole whole movie. The end credits. <laughs> I think I made that joke in Nightmare on Elm Street, didn't I? I don't know. Um, no, uh, there is a fight between Mark and the creature. And 
I love this fight because I feel like if they really did fight underwater, this is how it would look. Them just like basically hugging each other and rolling around, not being able to really like throw punches or kicks or anything like that. Um, and in the fight, Mark gets his air tank tube disconnected and knocked loose and ends up drowning. Actually, if you look at it, if you watch close, you can see where the creature actually bites a hold of his tube and yanks it out of his mouth. Really? Oh, I'm going to have to watch yeah. that closer. It just To me, it was just so chaotic with them rolling around, but I was like, man, that's so realistic. Yeah, because you, you see all the dirt and you see everything and then you see the creature kind of come back with uh, with Mark's tube in his mouth like he just ripped it away from him so that way Mark would drown. That's crazy. Jay, and how that, did... Or go ahead, and then that's another that's another one where it shows the intelligence because he realizes this that is what the guy is using to breathe underwater. Yeah, it does. I just assumed it got like knocked out in the fight. Wow. Go Jay. back and watch it. It's clear. I just I even just fast forwarded because we're moving faster than the movie is. I just fast forwarded to that scene just to see and make sure that I was right and sure as shit he does. Yeah. The, the the creature rips it out. Jay Good to know. Jay, how did you feel at this scene? Oh, Mark dying? Yeah. Uh, good. <laughs> Fuck that asshole. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. So. And it, it just goes into the cliche, man. You got the douchebag. Only gives a fuck about the money. Doesn't care about nobody else. Yeah, but he was a real douchebag. Like, I've seen some horror douchebags before. But this guy was like king of all horror douchebags. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, it was typical. We, we all knew he was going to die. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, and so that's the fifth death of this movie. That The body count so far is at five. Um, David goes back to the boat, and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And, you know, he's like, we've got we've to get out of here. And Lucas is like, well, it's not like a mosquito. You can't just knock him away. And that gives the scientists a wonderful idea to make a pump with the drug to spray in the creature's face to uh, get them all drugged up and drowsy. And so let's, we talked earlier about y'all's, what y'all felt was the creepiest scene with the first two dying in the tent. Yeah. This scene uh, is my creepiest scene. And I'm going to explain why they are in the room where Dr. Thompson is laying down all bandaged and he and they're making uh, the drug spray for them to put into the thing. And uh, Dr. Thompson is watching and you could tell from his eyes he's how curious he is. Like, oh, what are they doing? You know, the wheels and his head are moving. You can see it. And then he, he, he hears a slight sound and he looks over and you can see the hand of the creature coming in and his eyes immediately go to this this terrified stare like he would probably be shitting his pants right now he is so scared and um his eyes just sell this scene going from uh, a confused look at his friends to this terrifying scene to me if i was dr thompson wrapped up not able to scream to notify my friends not able to even really move i could shake a little bit that's it to to, to be so helpless that I can't do anything as this creature's hand comes in the hole, which is so small that it's not even it, really the only one he can get is me and no one else. 
and I can't do anything about it, that is fucking terrifying to me. And, and that's why this scene is the scariest scene in the entire movie to me. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, your opinion. I can understand you know, I, that. I value your opinion. I feel like y'all are just sitting there like, Jerry, it's, it's an okay scene, but that tent scene, let me tell you. I, well, I just, when he sticks his hand in it, I don't know, it's felt maybe anticlimactic is the, the right word, maybe? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, think, I didn't like it. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's, I have a thing about um, when you can't see a lot of something's face, and, but you can see the eyes and the eye, and you can tell the acting from the eyes. I really love that. Um, even like if you can see their whole face, facial expression and, and eye movement is very important to me when I watch these movies because you can be a good actor, but if you can't sell something as true with your eyes, it's going to take me out. And the focus that that scene had with the eyes is what gets me. The acting was fine. I just didn't feel the tension that the movie was trying to put. I, I, I'm a Jay. I didn't either. I didn't see. When it really comes down to it, I give. I agree. I give the guy credit for what for what he conveyed. The one that was laying on the bed. I'll give him credit for for him conveying his terror. But I really just didn't see the point in it. I didn't see. I really just. This is probably the only scene in the movie that I really disliked, and it was because. I did not see the point in it. I saw the point in them making the stuff to spray out. I saw the point in that, but I did not see the point in the random hand just coming through the hole. I just um, didn't. I just didn't. I, I I think it's to establish that the creature is still looking for them. It comes on the boat again. It's showing that it's not afraid of them. It just killed another person. Like, I it's just like every other time the creature has come on board. He he's constantly testing them, um, and I could see where you aren't super satisfied with that. But I guess it's for me being in the in Doctor Thompson's position, not being able to let out that scream that you so desperately want. That's just terrifying. It's me putting myself into his position, right? And I mean, I like I said, I give the guy credit for conveying the terror very well. And, and I can see where being in that situation, it would be scary as hell. But as for the its placement for the movie itself, I didn't really see the point. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. That's true. And uh, so they get their, their mosquito shooter ready. They go, uh, Mark is dead. David goes underwater. And uh, when the creature comes up, he hits him. He ends up hitting him three times, which... Just like Jaws, gets three barrels. He can't stay down with three in them, not with three. Um, so, uh, what, like, at this point, they've knocked him out. They're going up. They're, they've reattached the cable. They're trying to move this the, the dam of, of trees again. And uh, the creature ends up getting one more on him and we see another hand shot, which no matter how many times I see this hand shot, I love it. I can't get enough. I want a whole movie of just hand shots of the creature. <laughs> um, that way I can have my own hand shot to the, to the hand shot. Um, so he ends up, the creature comes aboard. 
grabs Kay and jumps in the water and we have the the monster stealing the woman again like this is this is he he's not playing this time this is no him testing the waters he is taking it and i gotta ask uh all these movies where the monster takes the woman do you in most of them do you feel like the monster wants to have sex with the woman or is it like i just want to own it as a pet or what do y'all feel uh it probably runs the gamut uh from ooh pretty to uh my slimy fish wiener needs to be inside of that i'm down for the fish wiener i'm <laughs> i'm just stuck on the slimy fish wiener what uh, was that one movie uh creatures from the deep or whatever where it was about fish monsters wanting to have sex with teenagers Human teenagers humanoids, yeah, they're humanoids from the deep yeah that's what it was by roger <laughs> corman from the deep and in the deep yeah uh, interesting fact about humanoids from the deep by roger corman they actually only had uh three of the suits for the monsters so that last scene where they're like the monsters are attacking like the festival and it looks like there's tons of them there they there's actually only uh three suits um there huh Maybe so, we should cool. do an episode on that movie one day. So, uh, creature take. I would, lo- dude. I would love to. I love humanoids of the deep. Um, so, um, the creature takes K. Uh, David's like, I'm going in. Y'all come in after me. Um, and he goes over there. He swims into the lagoon and he tells them to, you know, get on the land and go from the other side. Uh, we see the creature going in there, and there's a famous story in this scene. Um, when the creature who had really poor visibility, the actor playing the creature, when he was carrying, uh, Julie, Julia Adams in, in this scene, he accidentally knocked her head against, uh, the, the oh. side of the wall, um, Ouch. on accident. Um, and people, when they were shooting the scene thought she actually got knocked out, but because she wasn't it hurt, but she never broke character and stayed passed out because her character was supposed to be passed out at the time. Um, and the actor felt really bad. He just, he had poor visibility. There was nothing he was really going to be able to do about it. That's the reason why you can, if you watch close and you watch him when he's going through the passage, you can see that he's kind of got his back up against the wall and he's being very careful at how, how he's walking sideways with her. So that way he's, he's, he's doing his best not to try to bash her, but he ends up doing it anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Jay and I watched the Blu-ray of this, but Kenneth, you watched the DVD, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't. Uh, apparently, in in the scene where he's in the lagoon and the bat flies down, you can see the like. I think they said it was a black cord that was holding onto the bat. Mm-hmm. In my Blu-ray, I could not see it. Jay, did you I notice it? it? Uh, I don't know. There's a black what now? There's like a the. When the bat flies down at him, there's apparently like a black string that you can be seen when you when the bat flies down. Oh, I didn't notice Hold it. The no. bat. I didn't notice it either. I got one, I got but I wasn't looking for it. For it. Well, I'm Kenneth, I'm gonna get to that one. Um, <laughs> I just wanted. To, I just was curious if if you saw it on the DVD, Kenneth, because I almost think for the Blu-ray they might have they might have cleaned that out. Yeah, I saw it. Okay, so the scene that Kenneth's talking about that he wanted to bring. Go ahead, Kenneth. It's the one where the creature picks up, uh, what's his name? David. Uh, David. When the creature picks up David, you know, and he puts him above his head, you can see the wire coming down to David 
where he's picking him up, so the, they're picking him up with a wire and, you know, the making the creature look stronger. Now, the funny part that about that is... That still happens, though. The fun- or that happens uh, to newer movies, too, I should say. Yeah, but the funny part about that scene is, is that you can actually... Uh, I, I couldn't see it in my Blu-ray, but you can see it... Uh, I, mean, I guess you can see it on DVD. You can see the wires, and you can actually see the wire break when when David starts coming down with the, mm-hmm. when the creature lets him go. I couldn't see it um, in the Blu-ray. I looked, but apparently you can still see it in, in the DVD, which uh, Kenneth has the Legacy Collection on DVD. So if you want to yeah, see on, it, you Hang can. on a second. Hang on a second. I'm rewinding it right now. Because <laughs> I, I, I literally just watched it. Yeah. And I got to say, oh, man, Kay looks so hot in that bandana shirt, all wet, being carried by the creature. Yeah, I saw it, Brick. Yeah, I yeah. could not see it in the Blu-ray, so I'm wondering if it got corrected or not. I'll have to look into that and see. Okay, so now I love the interior shots of the lagoon. I think it looks beautiful in these caves. I would live there in a heartbeat. Um, but uh, the guys come in as uh, the creature lifting up David and fire off a couple of shots and they're great marksmen because they don't hit David, but they do hit the creature twice. I thought that was some bullshit because <clears throat> I'm like, what well, man, ain't nobody that damn good of a shot to not be I am. hitting dude. Nobody. I don't care who you yeah. are. Yeah. Like the dude from wanted. I just like whip my oh, yeah. arm around so, the bullet curves yeah. in a circle. Right. Oh through the yeah. Guy. No problem. I fucking love that movie. I hate that movie. I think that movie's stupid shit. That's because you hate all action. I don't hate all action movies. Calm down. Well, I thought Wanted was great. Um, Especially when he damn hits that dude in the fucking face with the uh, with the keyboard and the keys fly off with his teeth and it says, fuck you. I thought that was awesome. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, the, the creature starts stumbling out and David shows sympathy and doesn't let the guy shoot him. The creature goes into the water and slowly sinks down, much like Jaws, where the shark slowly sinks down um, in pieces. But he slowly sinks down. It's still the same kind of sinking shot. And that is the end of the movie. Uh, Guys, did you think, does anyone think Dr. Johnson lives or dies? The guy in the bandages? I'm sure he's all right. Yeah. Doc Johnson. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so let's get into our 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 final thoughts on this movie. Jay, I want to start with well, should should we leave Jay for the end since this is all about him? Like le- let him finish this off. Even though he's done mostly the least amount of talking. That's why I'm curious as to, as to what he actually feels about this movie towards the end. So, um Kenneth, do you want to go first with your final thoughts on this movie? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Um, this is my favorite. Um, I love this movie, and I think the 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 cinematography in it's probably one of the main reasons I like it. Um, I like the underlining social commentaries. I really, I really dig those. Uh, overall, I think it's just a great movie. I love what they did with it. Um, I love the how they kind of you know, went from classics like Dracula and Frankenstein to kind of pushing the envelope 
a little bit with this, you know, because uh, Creature was definitely different from previous Universal Monster movies. It, it, it was very different. And I really like the fact that they took a chance and made this movie because it actually it, it came out to be one of the best. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's pretty much I, I have nothing but praise for this movie. I think there, there's only a couple of things that I really didn't care for. And uh, we talked about those. Other than that, I fucking love this movie. Fair enough. Um, I know for me, uh, this movie has such a sense of wonder and, and adventure to it. Up until they get, like, blocked into the lagoon. And that's when the horror for me really sets in. Like, Mark's death is, is, is a huge turning point where scientific advancement now pays the price for invading nature. Um, it, 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 it starts off as an adventure and becomes horror at the, at the like, the, the, the third, a third of the movie is done by the time it really becomes horror. It's real like, the, the first part of it is almost all like you feel adventure. It almost has an Indiana Jones feel to it. Um, and I, I love the way it's shot. I think this movie is beautiful. Um, I've, I think I've explained that enough. I'm a big monster fan. I'm a big creature feature fan, which Creature from the Black Lagoon is all, a lot of the times held as one of the best creature feature movies of all time. And I personally, I, I think it holds up better than all the other Universal horror movies in every category. Uh, in script, in plot, in acting, in in presence, in how it was shot. And I, I agree with Kenneth this movie was a big risk and even though it's kind of the the end cap of the universal monster movies because it's like the last new introduction it is one of the best movies of of them all um the special effects were actually really good the costume was fantastic the directing's great um my only real complaint comes with the overuse of the creature thing that's that's about it um kenneth uh, what would you rate this movie, you know, uh, you know, one through five, uh, five being loved it, four being really liked it, three being thought it was okay. Five out of five. Okay, five out of five. Fucking loved it. Uh, I don't yeah, I thought you. it was great, man. And I mean, the other thing that made this movie fucking awesome is the fact of uh, the foundation that it laid for this style of movie. I mean, we even brought in, I mean, we brought in when we were having our discussion about jaws how much it how much it laid a foundation for jaws and and how much it laid a foundation for other you know creature feature movies and so on i mean you you, you have to give credit where credit's due to this movie even if not for anything else just for that yeah and i'm with you it's a 5 out of 5 movie for me it is the only movie out of the uh the universal monster movies i give a 5 out of 5 um I just adore this movie. But let's let's get to the main attraction here. Jay, it is time. It is time for you to, to, to let loose and tell us how you feel about Creature from the Black Lagoon as your first Universal monster movie. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. It's probably not one I'll go back and watch a bunch of times. Um, I felt... I don't know. Like, I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think it was terrible, but I didn't think it was amazing. Uh, I felt some of the scenes dragged a little long. Uh, Case Swimming was my main example in that one. Uh, I felt like they shouldn't have shown the creature as quickly as they did, maybe. 
um, like there was no there's no suspense for me in a lot of the movie, and that kind of killed any enjoyment. Uh, well, the the main you know the main enjoyment I get from horror movies, not knowing what's what's going on or what's happening. Uh, I really appreciate what it what you know what these movies do for the genre, uh, starting us off and making it uh, popular and whatnot. And like I said, the 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 movie itself is gorgeous, especially the underwater scenes were really impressive to me. Uh, but overall, I was just kind of eh on the whole thing. Um, there's one scene where like they show a bunch of wet footprints that the creature leaves behind. And I was like, well, that would be a great shot if we hadn't already known that the creature was on the boat. So showing us footprints that show he's on the boat is pointless to me. Um, so, yeah, uh, overall, I'd give it a 2.5 out of 5. It's just right in the middle of okay, but not amazing. That's kind of what I expected. Yeah, I... um, and I know it's a I know it's a product of the time, but since like almost all of the kills happened off screen, I was just like, oh, I just want to see when someone's head get crushed or something. But that's me growing up in the '80s, where gratuitous violence was just coming to a head. I'm pretty sure you'll get some stuff like that in the remake. Yeah, and and it, with you brought up a very valid point. There's there's no suspense for like what the creature looks like. Um, they kind of went like you're gonna know what the creature looks like, um, and that's it. Almost like instead of having horror suspense, they had more of um, an adventure feel for like the first half of this movie. Yeah, I can agree with that. And that that that's might be one of the reasons I've always liked. I love movies that give me a sense of wonder and adventure. Um, and when it's in a horror movie, then I also get like this, this added risk to it. Um, so I, 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 I don't know, I guess I, I figured you would probably be like a solid three. Like it was okay. I didn't think it would be between like an okay. And I didn't really care for it, but I'm glad you didn't hate it is I guess my big thing. No, no, I didn't hate it. And like I said, it wasn't terrible and I appreciate the history behind it and everything. It's just not one I'm going to watch a bunch. So does it make you want to watch other universal horror movies, like universal monster movies, or does it make you just go, if this is what Jerry and Kenneth thinks the best, I don't know if there's anything here for me. Uh, a little bit, a little bit of both. I'm, I'm still kind of curious because I've never seen them and you know, they like they started the genre. So I'm curious about them. I don't suspect that any of them will, you know, jump into any top movie list that I have. Yeah. But I'm so curious to watch them. So you, uh, you, uh, Jay, brought up in our group conversation, uh, you had a remake idea for this? Uh, it would just be way more intense. It would be rated R. Um, I might leave the monster off screen longer uh definitely rewrite that theme music <clears throat> um and yeah way more brutal kills gotcha now but maybe uh maybe have the plot be like they have you know there's two of the creatures and one of them's the kid and they capture they capture the younger one like they actually succeed in capturing one and then that prompts the the adult to be super pissed off and get like extra violent 
Yeah, see, for me... Now, do you want it set in a modern age, or do you want it to still be set like like if it was in the 50s? I think setting it earlier, like you said, like in the 50s, or maybe even earlier than that, would be awesome. See, because that, that for me, if they do a remake of it, I actually don't want it in modern times, because then it's... Okay, I, I, I have a, like you know, nine millimeter pistol, I'm about to just blow like or an, or an assault rifle or something like that. Um, you have way too nice of a boat. Like this is a movie that I would love to see a remake of because I would love to see an update to the creature suit. But I, the, my only worry is it being CGI compared to an actual creature suit. Cause I, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. Well, well, I agree with Jay that I would want more violence and more gore. My only real thing is that I want it to be set in the fifties and I'm worried about CGI. So Kenneth, what do you think would happen with a remake? Oh, it's going to be, it's going to totally be CGI and it's going to be a bunch of teenagers on like some fucking yacht or something. And they're going to goddamn go to the Amazon because they fucking want to find out, you know, they, uh, they want to find out how beautiful the jungle is or some stupid crap like that. And then they're going to go down there and they're going to fucking, something's going to happen and they're going to dip off into the fucking, this uncharted area of the Amazon that nobody can find or whatever. And their cell phones aren't going to work or any of the rest of that shit. And there's going to be this creature and he's going to see the hot blonde and he's going to want something to do with her. And then there's going to be a couple of jock football players that want to fucking goddamn, you know, uh, that, that are just like, Oh, we can't let this thing take her and yada, yada, yada. And then you're going to have some douchebag, the one biggest douchebag that's going to be like, Hey, my dad works at such and such company, and let's you know, let's see if we can get this thing on the boat and yada yada yada. And that's going to be hopefully the only his link. name is Mark, right? And that's going to be the only link to the original whatsoever. <laughs> the two the two jocks are going to die, and and so on. And the only person that's going to be left at the end of it is maybe the hot blonde, but she more than likely is going to die in some stupid freak accident where they're trying to save her. I uh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be some retarded shit like that, like they do in a lot of the new that. movies. I I literally felt my depression kick in as you were describing this movie in fact i think my heartbreaking was the soundtrack to you destroying all my hopes and dreams because you might be right that's exactly what they're gonna do jay's over here like shh baby it's okay i'd rather watch the original than that but but that's the thing about it you know that that's the unfortunate thing about you know, movies that are made now, especially something like this, man, that's what, that's what they're going to do. Unless by some fucking act of a higher power that they allow somebody that has a genuine love for this movie to do it. Yeah. And let them, and let them have the complete fucking creative reign to do whatever they want. If not, it's going to suck. Well, now that I'm heartbroken, um, Jay, <laughs> uh, we are gonna we're obviously gonna do more Universal uh, monster movies, but since Kenneth and I picked this one out of the main series, which I'm gonna list out to you, which one do you want to watch next? Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, The Wolfman, or The Invisible Man? Uh, probably Dracula. Damn. Okay. So, um. So when we come back to the Universal Monsters, which uh, we, I don't know what episode that'll be. It'll probably be maybe next month or the month after. When we come back to it, we will be doing Dracula. Um, the American version, not the Spanish version, which um, 
I'll I'll explain. I'll explain more on that later. Um, in fact, apparently I've upset Kenneth. Kenneth, which one were you hoping for? I was hoping for either the Mummy or the Invisible Man. I was hoping for the Wolfman. I was hoping for one of those two. And then on top of that, you're like, we're not going to do the Spanish version. Fuck. Well, I mean, I, if y'all want to watch the Spanish version, I, I will watch it and we can have a minor conversation about it. But I mean, there's literally only one thing that needs to be said about the Spanish version and that it has better cinematography. Nothing to say. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It has better cinematography. But if they would have had that cinematography with Bella Lugosi, it would have been a perfect thing. Mm-hmm. Jay's over here like, the fuck are y'all talking about? <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Did you watch my, my other great moments in horror movie history on it? I did, but I knew I knew about that before. Oh, okay. So, um, the, we actually have, um, we know what the next movie we're doing is. Jay's picked our next movie for the next podcast. Uh, Jay, what is that movie? Uh, it's called He Never Died. And I would really prefer it if you guys knew as little about it as possible. I I don't know anything about it. I know, I know but like nothing. I mean, like don't go watch a trailer in preparation. Just I won't. go on to Netflix, start it, and enjoy it. Because I absolutely love this movie. It was super original. Um, Henry Henry Rollins is the star and he does a great job. And I just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things hidden in between, you know, there's a lot of messages and whatnot. That's the only thing I know about it is that it's got Henry Rollins in it. That's it. All I know is that if it doesn't start breaking out into it's a TV party tonight, I'm going to be very upset. I don't believe there is any singing on Henry Rollins part. Damn it. That's all right. So, uh, does anyone have any parting messages? No. Your old lady's hot. Was that to me or Jay? Both. Ah. <laughs> your your cat is very adorable, Kenneth. Awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, that's it for us. You can find us in all the usual places. Um, Facebook.com slash kill the cast um, for our fan page. We also have a facebook uh group now which i've yet to figure out how to set a actual like link to but if you type in kill the cast podcast in the search bar on facebook you will find it we are also on youtube um you can find us on stitcher you can find us on itunes we are also on podbean killthecast.podbean.com um you can find us talk to us interact with us we're always posting some kind of weirdness um so Thank you for watching. Uh, watching. Why do I always do that? I guess this, I'm so used to making YouTube videos. But thank you for listening. Uh, let us know what you think of Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, after Dracula, why don't you tell us what movie from the series you want us to do next? Um, but keep in mind, we can't do Bride until we do the first Frankenstein. Because um, that's very important. So, which one would you want us to tackle after Dracula? Um, we can't wait to see you for the next one, which is uh, He Dies at the End. Is that what you said it was called? No, no, no. That There's a movie called uh, John Dies at the End. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but it's done by Don Cossarelli. But this is called He Never Died. Oh, He Never Died. Yeah, there's no ending. He Never Died. Got it. This I know nothing about this movie. I have not seen a trailer. I don't even know 
if Henry Rollin has gray hair in it or not. Um, so, I think so. Yeah. So that's it for us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we will see y'all next time um, as we're staring through your window. <laughs>